sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Sports fans, it is another beautiful day in the neighborhood. Monday, November 16th. Let's cock-a-doodle-do it. This is the early line right here on Sports Grid, giving you the edge. I'm Dane Martinez, and as always, I got my main man, Kevin Walsh, burning the candle at both ends, trying to give you all the information you need to make it a profitable day, and we will try to put the fun and functional sports content at the same time, Kev. Week 10 is almost in the books. We saw two dogs win outright. No, uh, No surprise that they were both home dogs the unders reign supreme there were seven unders five overs so far in week 10 kev for me i think the headline story here is some divisions are getting tighter the nfc west is getting Mm. tighter the afc north is interestingly tightening up behind the pittsburgh steelers the afc south tightened up on thursday night football and ironically somehow whether it's good or bad the nfc east is also tightening up i think a lot of divisions are getting pretty tight as we get into the back half of the regular season kev what was the biggest takeaway for you and what you saw in the action yesterday you know as we were finishing up in game live right and we had everything but the sunday nighter that had finished up and I made the comment of, I think we're getting more questions than answers. As seasons Mm. go on, we're supposed to be like, okay, this team is this, and this team is that. We are a DeAndre Hopkins Hail Mary away from me coming on here and telling you that the NFC West is the most overrated division in football history. As they're going to send multiple teams to the plus, if not three teams to the playoffs. But he makes that catch, and the Cardinals are, are, are amazing, right? You even take a look at... You know, the AFC, I mean, we've got six teams with six wins. Like, there are – and how many of them do you really buy? You know, in a one-week window, it's like maybe Baltimore could miss the postseason. Maybe the Titans, who were a Tier 1 or Tier 2 – Chiefs are their own tier type of team. One of the last undefeated teams in the league. Like, going into that Pittsburgh game, what a fall from grace it feels like for that football team. So – I'm excited to break all of this, you know, piece by piece here, brick by brick, because I think a lot of the commentary is going to be like, yeah, can't wait to see what we get next week from this group. You know, I agree with you, Kev. And the one kind of disclaimer or caveat or whatever you want to call it is, I think it also is another reason why when we're looking at these teams or putting them into tiers or thinking about who's ascending, whatever the case may be, we can't really do it just off of last week, right? You got to zoom out a little bit, you know what I mean? Because we do it. I fall into the trap. I think you fall into the trap at times being like, oh, this spread would have been this after one week's performance, right? But we got to zoom out and see, like you said, there's a lot of six-win teams. And ironically, we'll get into it, right? But in the AFC, teams like, you know, the Raiders, the Dolphins, and the Browns, like, take care of business to stay there. Meanwhile, you mentioned teams like the Titans, like the Ravens, you know, but yet they're still there. 
right and so mm-hmm. we have to kind of look at these teams not just as a reaction but of like what we really think they are are they getting healthy how do they want to win what are their strengths and weaknesses because it is going to be tight going down the end what's up kev before we get into a game yeah and, and i didn't you know um radio audience we're here we're live it's the early line. you love it Let's do it. West Coast, my dear 1090, we appreciate it. Um, you know, I don't know if we're, if we're looking to get into the game of the window. The one thing I just wanted to say about the NFC East is uh, I've never seen a division like this. And I, I know everybody has spent the has whole season ma- making fun of how horrible it is. But I want to just say this from an Eagles fan perspective. Because I think it's uh, one that I'm not sure a lot of people who aren't Eagles fans can really understand. I said coming into the year to you on this show that it very well could be a disaster year for the Eagles. Injuries had started before the season begun. The improvements felt questionable. If Wentz didn't have an incredible season, some other teams could pop off and they might have a disaster season. If you listen to the way I spoke about that team last week as they entered their bye, you would think they were having a great season. It was really just because of the way the rest of the division has performed. The Eagles yeah, are having a disaster season. Yeah. A, a, dece- a, a type of season that just every couple of years comes around for a franchise. They just, yeah. you know, not bottom out, but they really underperform expectations. And yet, as they're having the disaster season, they sit in first place by two games. They have a two-game lead in the loss column over all of these teams in their disaster year. I've never seen this happen to a division where the two favorites have everything go wrong. The two bottom teams don't even remotely improve or surprise or figure this thing out. It is one of the most incredible things I feel like I've ever seen, because while everybody, and this is what happens, people just have too much fun getting caught up and pointing and laughing in the state of the division, and they're not really breaking down what's actually happening, where a whole division, you usually get a team that can kind of hit or blow past expectations, not one. No, I I think it's true. I got to tell you something. Uh, call it at around 3.45 yesterday, right, when it was becoming clear the Giants were going to win and Washington was on their comeback. I dug into the standings in the NFC, and if you take out the division leader, the Eagles, at one point, the Cowboys, Washington, and the Giants were the three bottom teams in the NFC below, say, Carolina. Literally everybody in that division was the bottom of the entire conference. We've never seen anything like this. Someone's going to have a home playoff game. We'll talk about all the games of week 10 when we come back. We're off and running the early line. Your heart's racing. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody, right here to the early line, giving you the edge on Sports Grid. As we've noted, week 10, you know, kind of, I think, condensed things a little bit. People battled back, and images in the rearview mirror are closer than they appear. One of the teams you referenced in that, that very tight now, 
I guess, AFC wild card race is the Baltimore Ravens because they go to New England and do not get the job done, Kev. The weather was a definite factor as it got worse and worse as the game went on. By the end, it was absolutely ridiculous. Cam Newton throws for only 118 yards, but it's enough. It's enough when you got Damian Harris going for 121 yards in the rain. Uh, They get the job done. Jacoby Myers doing his best like Julian Edelman impersonation, throwing for a touchdown. And the Pats get the job done. They win by six, 23-17. Oh, boy. Um, This is the game that we might be here for a while on, or maybe not. Um, But we start with the Patriots because you and I have been doing this for a good amount of time now. And I don't know if we've disagreed on something to the level that we disagreed on the New England Patriots. Now, they've not gotten the help that they've needed elsewhere in the AFC. The opportunity for this team to make the postseason is, is going to be really difficult when there are now 506 win teams in front of right. them. But they are now four and five. To me, the COVID three games ruined their season. And outside of those three games, they're four and two, with the two losses being at Buffalo and at Seattle. I leave this game as sure as ever that this is absolutely one of the seven best teams in the AFC. They're going to need a lot of help to get themselves into the playoffs. But Dane, as I said to you, even after they lost that game to Buffalo in a tight one, this team is for real. This team is legitimately good. They figured out a way to have this offense with Cam Newton do enough. The defensive performance against the Jets, I think, was a matter of, oh my gosh, we weren't prepared for Joe Flacco to light the world ablaze. Now that's a mistake. But they clearly weren't. They came out here in the rain, held Lamar in this Ravens offense in check, I thought pretty impressively. And I look at this Patriots team as the team that nobody in the AFC would want to see if they found their way into the postseason. Okay. I mean, uh, that's fair for you to say. Uh, I still completely disagree with you. Um, they are still the third place team in the AFC East, a full two games back of the second place team. And so I don't see how they're going to make that up. In many other ones where we have disagreed in the past, I'll bring up something like Clyde Edwards Hilaire, for example, right? What needed to also happen is you asked me to kind of pinpoint exactly what it was that I yeah. was talking about. Right. And so for you, I think, you know, uh, in this idea with the Patriots, no, I still do not think they are going to make the playoffs. I don't think they will sniff the playoffs. I do not think they will be a threat for the playoffs. Um, And I maintain that even after yesterday's win. And you kind of alluded to that a little bit in your take about the Patriots saying how hard it would be for them to still get there. So what exactly do you mean, you know, like the the idea that nobody wants to play them? You know, I don't know exactly uh, what that means. I am firm. No, no, I do not think the Patriots will make the playoffs. And I do not think they should even be talked about as a playoff contender until or if they hop the Miami Dolphins, which is what I said a few weeks ago. And I still believe that to be true, Kev. Yeah, so the thing is, when we had that conversation, um, you said that Rome has fallen, that they were done, that they were done, and that they weren't a good football team. And yeah. that last one is just objectively not true. 
They are a what good football mean? team. We've seen They're it. They're under 500. We, 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 Dane, the Ravens have lost three games to the Chiefs, yeah. the Steelers, and the Patriots. Like, okay. they are a good team. It's It's been put on display. I just, when you look at the way COVID has impacted the league, the gap between how it impacted the Patriots and the rest of this league is not even close. They are the team who that? lost the their... The Titans went from being undefeated and a first-tier team to after the outbreak, they, what's their record? They came back and Under obliterated the Bills. They came back and obliterated second, the Bills. Wait a second, you're talking about they, the Patriots COVID stuff. Yeah, the, the Patriots lost their quarterback. Lost right. their quarterback. The Tennessee they're Titans the only were on by for like 17 days, had all that happen, and they have been yeah. dramatically different as well, right? They have but not been. But, right. But we but go we to saw their record, the... which is still above 500, and that's why they are still sure. considered a playoff contender. The Patriots are not over 500. The they're, Patriots they're are not. third place in the division. They're 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 not, but that is why as we talk about this through the context of what we've actually seen from this team. The gap in what we've seen from them at their furthest points removed from the COVID outbreak and what we saw in that is night and day. Four and two with their two losses being at Buffalo, tight, driving to possibly win or tie, at Seattle, stopped on the one. Victories over the Baltimore Ravens, the Vegas Raiders, and the Miami Dolphins in that stretch. It has been... If the Raiders and the Dolphins are like good wins, right, then you have to respect them also. So how do the Patriots get over the Dolphins and the Raiders? That's the thing. And that's the thing. That is a bit of a shift. When we had that conversation, it was sparked through you saying that they are totally done and that they're a bad football team. There's no way... And that this is the other thing, by the way, just and and I'll make this point. As far as their schedule goes, if they if they stay true to the number, the spread, they're gonna finish ten and six. That's a what do you massive think leap. Finish, what do you think? At this finish? point, I think they're gonna finish nine and Plant seven. Flag. Okay. I think they're gonna go. finish nine, nine and, and seven. seven. Okay, and, we'll put that down and, then, right? Because you asked right. me with our other big debate, right, which we'll say was Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Let's say that. Sure. You asked me to be more specific on what I was yeah. actually saying so that yeah. we could track it, for lack of a better term. And right? we, but we had so that the conversation then, and I said that they were going right. to be able to get to eight or nine wins, and you felt that this team was going to win six football games. I, I, mean, yeah, I still don't I, think they get to nine and seven. I still don't think they get to eight and eight, Kev. Still, so and, if and, and when that happens, sure. then we can talk. But they're nowhere near that, Kev. But I just don't understand why you don't care about the context of this team. I mean, it's as if because it's I just like, let me find the context selectively, Kev. That's why. It's, but I'm not. I'm really not. Like, there's no other team that lost their quarterback to COVID. There just isn't. And they've been so dramatically different on the uh, on the opposite sides of it. The Titans came out of the COVID outbreak and obliterated the Buffalo Bills. Like, and then they have lost games since then, right? But we're not giving them that excuse. No, because they came out of the COVID outbreak and obliterated the Bills. The Patriots came out of it and lost at home to the Broncos and the Niners in pretty bad fashion. With an offense that looked completely stuck in the mud, the Titans' losses were to the 9-0 Pittsburgh Steelers. They lost to the dangerous Bengals in Cincinnati. We thought that was a potential upset spot. They messed. They, they were. They looked great in the Colts game, and then 
as you said, three facets of the game. Their special teams just ruin them. They don't look like a team that is drastically different. Their defense was bad when they were winning games. They were winning games without covering numbers. There was always a world where that was fool's gold with the Tennessee Titans. They don't look like two different teams. The results are different. The Patriots look like two different football teams on the opposite ends of when COVID hit them. They, and that's okay. just objectively true. Okay, and now as planting the flag on this, you believe that these Patriots will go 9-7. and seven. So now we have something to track and monitor. But we got to acknowledge they are not the team in the playoff chase right now. That is the team that lost this game, the yeah. Baltimore Ravens. And so we should probably talk about them. What do you think about Lamar's actions in the rain? What do you think about their ability to move the ball or not? We'll probably have to talk about this more yeah. on the other side of the break. But to just start, what are your takeaways from Lamar and this Ravens team? Yeah, the weather obviously was not ideal from a numbers perspective. This was one of Lamar's better games, but the Ravens are off base right now. People don't understand why Dobbins isn't getting more work. What's going what's happened to Hollywood Brown and his connection with Lamar? It's it's a it's messy. It's messy right yeah. now with this offense. I got an injury with Nick Boyle as well, who's apparently their physical heart and soul. So we'll see what happens with these Ravens. We'll talk a little bit more about this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hey, welcome back, everybody, right here to the early line. Big shout out to our radio affiliates from around the country, around the globe as well. So many ways to get on the grid, and there is more coming in the bright new year. We're excited for that as well. Let's talk about the Ravens, though, here, yeah. Kev, because, you know, there is a number of reasons I was a little concerned. We've been talking about this narrative with Lamar, right? Like, what about if it is on his arm? OK, and whether it's because a team takes away the left hand, whether it's because of the elements out there or the game script, Lamar did throw a pick. Um, Lamar had to at some point move the ball uh, through the air. Wasn't able to happen. Right. You mentioned what's happened to Hollywood Brown. Mark Andrews does still seem to be a little bit reliable, but they've got Des Bryant on the damn practice squad. For goodness hmm. sakes, give me a diagnosis of the Baltimore Ravens at this point in the context like you say, Kev, of, you know, teams like Miami and Cleveland and Vegas taking care of business. So Baltimore, we kind of made this point after the Steelers game where it was almost yep. like all of this is going to be, let's just see what kind of vibe we get from you going into the playoffs. But then last night, because, you know, I always love to just start through ripping through team schedules. What do I see you going? Sure. The Ravens' final five games, okay? Home versus the Cowboys, at the Browns, home versus the Jaguars, home versus the Giants, at the Bengals. They will be favored like to go five. Yeah, they'll be favored to go five and zero. Oh, if you want to say somewhere they lose a game, sure, but they'll be favored to go five and zero. Oh. Those games, though, because of the quality of opponent, I don't know how much weight we'll really be able to put into how they look. Of course, we would want right. them to look good. The next two games, home versus the Titans at the Steelers. Realistically, whether or not we can... 
them missing the playoffs would be such a surprise. I can't even throw it out there. Maybe you can. I can't, especially with that back five. But if this team still looks this bad in these next two weeks, I can't get to it then come January. I just can't. And that's crazy to think that by week, I guess, would it be 12? My math. After two more, yeah. Yeah. So, like, through 12 weeks that we would just be like, you're done is crazy. But I think that's where we are. I expect them to be there. But the belief is going to be determined in a two-week window coming up. No, that's fair. But remember, I'm also advocating for everybody to take a step back. And even as you describe right in there, you would be like, we then we'd have to like 12 games. Even after that, there'd be a full quarter of the season left to I play. Know. Right. And just and that's the thing, you know, Kev, but think about it. Right. Think about how your perceptions of some teams have changed from four weeks you know, ago, right? Like, what was your perception of, say, the Raiders four weeks ago? What was your perception of, say, the Rams four weeks ago, right? These things, and that's why I, at the very top of the show, tried to caution us, right? We have to take a step back instead of just thinking win-loss, win-loss. It's going to be tough, but I hear you. There is something going on against the Ravens. The way I'm starting to think about the Ravens, right, is would you like them on the road against a team like Indianapolis or Tennessee or Buffalo because I don't think they're going to win the division anymore right and then that means a road date against probably one of the uh, non-Kansas City Pittsburgh division winners but I digress that's what you have to sharpen your focus on Mm -hmm. I think if you're a Ravens fan much like I hear from guys like Carver High on our Scotty Farrell coast to coast and he has a big time Bills fan right he's thinking man I just want to stay ahead of the AFC South why because he wants to avoid the Ravens but then again maybe that's not a bad matchup anymore we will see we still have a third of the season left to go let's go out west where that division is also kind of changing in their contours one of the games of the day was Buffalo and Arizona to combine all these kind of teams and divisions and races we are talking about the Arizona Cardinals get it done you know what I find interesting Kevin in this one the bills traded for stefan diggs this year because he thought that would really help their offense and guess what with about 33 seconds left i thought that the stefan diggs acquisition was gonna get them a win right he looked amazing 10 catches 93 yards and a touchdown this is the nfl's leading receiver i'm talking about in stefan diggs Not to be outdone, though, the Arizona Cardinals also traded for a wide receiver in the offseason, and his name was DeAndre Hopkins, and it kind of doesn't matter. I'm watching the game being like, if they could get it into the end zone, they've got D-Hop and Larry Fitzgerald, and I'll take my chances with jump balls with these guys, and what do you know, DeAndre Hopkins and his 6XL hands bring it down for the win. This was an exciting game kev yeah this was incredible man um that is the difference between the cardinals being in first place in the nfc west and being comfortably in third with needing a vikings result tonight (laughs) to keep them what would be out of the play like to keep them in the playoffs right as through 11 minutes right 
It's also, again, and I alluded to this at the top, it is the difference between the NFC West being looked at as completely fraudulent. I know I'm like the only person in the world that's talked about this because everyone's just having too much fun with the NFC West. The gap between this win and the second best win that this division owns is so wide, it's not even funny. And this was an at-the-gun Hail Mary. DeAndre Hopkins is one of... Maybe the only guy in the league that makes that catch. Like, Julio's <laughs> allergic to touchdowns. I mean, right, right, right. I just like, it's ridiculous. But you have to give Kyler Murray his credit. Quite possibly jumped Russell Wilson in the MVP discussion with this performance. Two rushing touchdowns. The rushing touchdown thing. I'm someone who's like, ah, does he get yep. another one? Yep. Apparently the answer is just, yep. Every week. Every week he's just going to keep running touchdowns in. If you're the Buffalo Bills... There might be some people who go, ah, see, they can't get the job done. Good team. I don't feel that way. They're 7-3. and three. They're going to hit the bye. They'll rest up. I know the Dolphins are hot on their heels, and would have, uh, if the Dolphins get the result this coming week, they will be tied at 7-3. and three. For Buffalo, right. though, right now, the AFC is such a mess. Like I know your point of the Bills want to avoid, uh, avoid the four to not play Baltimore. Right. Season ends today. The Chiefs are playing the Ravens in the 2-7. So, like, right, 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 right. you don't even have time to worry about that. The Bills, I would be very surprised if they do not make the playoffs. They're with seven wins oh, no, right now. Team. Yeah. Like, I would be completely surprised by that. It's a heartbreaking loss, right? You always mm-hmm. want to get that result if you can. But for I sure. think this did way more for Arizona than a Buffalo being harmed by it. Yeah, I hear you. And like you said, it was really a linchpin. The Cardinals get to six wins in this one. And because of the result of this next game, six wins is good enough for a tie at the top of the NFC West. And that is because the Los Angeles Rams go and beat the Seattle Seahawks in this one. You know, um, Rams win this one 23 to 16. I got to say this, though, you know, we struggle to find, Kev, if any defenses are good anymore in 2020 right the rams entering this game were only giving up 19 points a game that was good for i believe third in the nfl they were facing the number one offense in the nfl in the seattle seahawks coming in and the rams improved their points per game allowed number by only giving up 16 points dk metcalf has been a revelation all season long people Mm -hmm. including myself think he will be a top three top five fantasy wide receiver in drafts next year he goes two for 28 with jalen ramsey on him you know about aaron donald you know about guys at every level of this defense we talk about mcveigh we talk about goff we talk about what i think is really now a very interesting three-headed monster in a running back room and a three-headed monster of wide receivers as Josh Reynolds continues to ascend and do more in the passing game. But Kev, this Rams defense came to play again, shutting down the number one offense in the NFL. And you heard Jalen Ramsey afterwards talking like they're working with something on D in L.A. Yeah, listen, give the Rams a world of credit. Their perception is flipped on its head in this game. A lot of who have they beat, who have they beat, who have they beat. Now, oh, they're the best team in the NFC West. 
Uh, and you know that I was high relative to most on this Rams team. You are, I, I'm, I'm impressed with you what they've done. The Rams, I was high on the Cardinals. Yeah. Going in. And, I mean, look, for the Rams, the, them scoring 23 points I want to be concerned by, but no team in the league throttles down with a lead like the L.A. Rams. They're like, oh, you're not going to score? Cool, we'll take our foot completely off of the gas. I don't know if it's going to ever burn them. So far, it hasn't. But that would yeah. be really interesting. At the end of the day, though, Russell Wilson. This is a mess right now, okay? And I know we're, you know, we'll get into why you think this is going on. Russ just threw two interceptions on the heels of a game where he threw two interceptions that had four to- total turnovers. He had a great game against the Niners, and then against Arizona, threw three picks, a pick against the Vikings, and a pick against Miami. He has nine interceptions in his last six games. Russ has 10 picks on the year. He threw five last season. Yeah. Seven yeah. the year before that. 11 is his season high, like, ever in his career. Right. I don't know what is going on with him. And you're going to obviously tell people what you think it is. Russell Wilson's turnovers right now are ruining this football team, more so than the trash bag defense. That is a hot take even more so than the defense that is like worst in the NFL. We'll talk about what has happened with Russell Wilson and that offense when we come back. It's the early line we're up and running on a overreaction Monday. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hey, welcome back, everybody, right here onto the early line, giving you the edge after week 10 is almost in the books. There's one more game. We'll talk about that in hour number two. You alluded to it before, Kev. I do, you know, we all know Russ is cooking, and we all know in 2020 how there's the evolution to the passing game, and that's all offenses want to do. I do believe um, that a piece of this is the fact that the Seahawks, for, you know, pretty much the same time as Russell has turned a little bit and been more turnover prone, they don't have their running game. They don't have Chris Carson. They don't even have Carlos Hyde. And and I don't mean this in a production standpoint. You know what I mean? It's not about, like, the box score. Um, I think about what it means for how offenses are called, how defenses have to scheme and position themselves, what defenses do off of play action, how to what extent they respect it, to the ability they can now maybe spy Russ, like all other things they can do because they don't have to in the same way treat the run game i know in the past you haven't um kind of put as much credence into that idea but i do think that's a piece of it they are looking at guys like dj dallas and they brought in alex collins literally off the street to run for them that changes what their offense is potentially putting even more pressure on russ Mm -hmm. and you know if you want to draw the line of a to b in a different way that's fine. I do mm-hmm. believe the fact that they are without their run game has an impact. Yeah, I. there's something incredibly ironic about the team that we have 
desperately wanted to watch throw the football at will, right? In a league where the, I don't know if it's the consensus, but the belief is running backs don't matter. Lose Chris Carson and possibly lose their identity. They have still scored in, you know, two of the three losses, 34 points. I just want to peel back to my apparently hot take. I didn't realize it was going to be a hot take that the Russ turnovers are killing them way more than the trash bag defense. Well, the defense is worse than the league. (laughs) Right. But in the games where he has multiple turnovers, they are 0-3. In the games where we were all acknowledging their defense was miserable, they were still winning, right? Like, they beat the Pats. They beat the Cowboys. Yep, they yep, beat yep, the Dolphins. That's right. Fair. So my thing is, I know the defense is really, really bad. We know that. We all know that. But the difference right now in this team's results has been his turnovers. And that is what has to change. So It so, has been. So let me ask it to you this. No, no, I'm not disagreeing with that, right? But here's the thing. When Russ was cooking in the first month of the yeah. season, and he was a runaway MVP favorite, right? Yeah. We were also saying, like, oh, my God, Russ is making these coin flip plays, right? Like, all right. those plays that he was making that he needed to make. We were like, oh, my God, Russ has to pull rabbits out of his hat. And I think we even led one of these shows with, oh, my God, we now trust Russ to pull rabbits out of the hat yeah, yeah, yeah. on some level, right? So I guess my thing is... Is it the? I don't know that it's the turnovers that's really costing them because he has to be that kind of aggressive guy for them to have a chance anyway, right? And when it was working out, that's when they were winning. So for me, the variable, we always knew Russ had to do that. And if it becomes now, instead of a 90% proposition that he pulls the rabbit out of his hat to some of these moon balls get picked off, well, that's one thing. The consistent bad part of the Seahawks is their defense. If you ask the 100 Seahawks coaches, fans, what have you, what's the problem with the Seahawks right now? I, I believe more people would say the defense than Russell Wilson and his turnovers. Well, all right, so let me put it to you like this. If I told you that Seattle gave up four touchdowns, 28 points, what's the win probability, right? I don't know. You'd say like 50-50, give or take. Over 50%, right? If I told you Russell Russell just turned the football over twice, you're like, I don't know if I can win with that. I'm not telling you that this team's big issue is Russ. No. In fact, on a macro level – they keep losing, and they're not really getting blown out, right? right? While he's playing this horrible. If he gets back to how he was, they probably are the best team in the NFC West. My thing is, right now, the difference in this team that is one and three off of the bye is his turnovers. Now, if you believe fundamentally that's because they've lost Chris Carson, we disagree ultimately That's been the difference for the team. The defense was bad while they were unbeaten, the best team in the NFC. That's my my point. The change has been the turnovers. I I hear that. Uh, The last thing I'll say on this, and I'm not, like, refuting this, and then we'll move on. It's funny. Mm -hmm. Like, when he was doing that, we were saying he was performing at an MVP level, right? So now that the man is, albeit whether it's run game and stuff or not, or game, whatever it is, Mm-hmm. I think, in essence, it validates how important Russell Wilson is and that he maybe yes. is an MVP, right? Because when he's doing no. that, yeah. there yes. they are. But when, like, 
he's not trash right now, though. You know what I mean? When no, he's just no. like a Pro Bowl kind of quarterback. We now I don't think he's been a Pro Bowl Russell quarterback Wilson. in these past couple weeks, though. He's still like the fourth choice of MVP. They, they, well, because they're not going to erase everything he did when he went, he went to minus okay. money. He's now, he's now right. not even the favorite. So Russell then let's Wilson, not erase everything he did when I'm, I'm talking about I'm his not. turnover problem. Okay. I just said that when he, if he stops turning the ball over, they're probably the best team in the NFC West. So I'm, what I'm saying is they need him to be at an MVP level. Yeah. He is right now do. below a Pro Bowl level, below and that. they can't win football games. Fair enough. He definitely was an MVP level. There has been some drop, you know, and I think there's two things maybe at play, Kevin. We could disagree about zero to 100 percent of them, right? One is that it's kind of hard to maintain the level Russ was at. Okay, you were talking about his interceptions that he's doing now. Earlier in the season, we were literally throwing out ridiculous stats about the he had more touchdowns than incompletions, right? So, like, that is tough to sustain regardless, okay? I throw in the idea of the run game. Maybe there's just a combination of losing the run game and some natural regression that almost had to happen from the ridiculous lofty heights that he was at at the first week of the season or the first month of the season even um but we will see maybe the seahawks we'll see what happens if and when guys like carson come back we'll see what this offense looks like moving forward it is time for us to go to another nfc game you're talking about the nfc west there's one more team in there and they're the defending nfc champions but they didn't get a win they fall it is the san francisco 49ers they go to new orleans and lose the saints win this game alvin kamara goes absolutely off as per his usual but the headline story in this one is Drew Brees does not play in the second half. You see the clip of him talking to Sean Payton. It looks like something to do with his ribs. We will certainly learn more. But Kev, I mean, these Saints were starting to be a team that more people were warming to as one of the true contenders in the NFC. That ain't going to happen under Jameis Winston. What do you think about this one? And ultimately, New Orleans with and without Brees. Yeah, I... I mean, Jameis is Jameis. Like, he came in, and it was funny. There's been a lot of people who have been very, like, man, the Saints and the Bucks would be better if they had Jameis. Nope. <laughs> wrong. Stop it. Never say it again. Um, it's funny. As someone who had the over in this football game of 49 mm. and a half to have 27 first-half points, oh, so Jameis is in? That's supposed to be automatic over. He either will do good or bad. The Saints just came in. Rams ask, throttle down. Everything's slow. We're not taking chances. Winston couldn't finish off drives. He looked a mess. The Niners were up 10-0 in this football game, and then the turnover started to happen. I almost don't know what I want to say coming out of this game. I mean, the Niners hit the bye. They'll be healthier coming out of the bye. They're not going to finish any higher than fourth in their division. So they're not going to make the playoffs. It's what it is. The Saints... They're 7-2. At the end of the day, you just want to keep churning out results. I am still not wildly impressed by this football team outside of their Bucks games. But that's the, those are the games that matter the most for this football team. Drew Brees needs to be healthy. Next week, they play the Falcons. They play the Falcons in two out of their next three games. Mm. They lose a game to Atlanta every year. So them losing to Atlanta, who's off their bye with Jameis, 
Sounds about right. All right. Fair enough. I want to give you credit here. What I think is the most important, not the most important, but something people really need to realize about the Saints is the improvements they've made recently on defense. Okay. In the beginning Mm -hmm. of this season, this defense was given up 30 points a game. That number has dropped. You mentioned the turnovers that the defense was able to get. I think they had two interceptions. I think they had two fumble recoveries as well. Marcus Davenport's return, I think has really Mm -hmm. been important helping, you know, the other dudes on this line, especially Jordan uh, with adding kind of pressure to this defense. I think the improvement on this Saints defense really should be respected but unfortunately it doesn't really matter if drew Brees is not there but you mentioned all they need are the results and they continue to get that one let's keep on moving though kev because we're staying in this division what else you got what else you got go ahead i want to ask you personally concern level for michael thomas because i don't know what to make of this from fantasy from props dfs what do we do about the guy that just broke the reception record who right now three games none of them good yeah um so thanks for asking the question you're not gonna like my answer because i'm gonna ride the fence you got to tell me who's the quarterback moving forward you got to tell me who's the quarterback Let's say moving it's Drew. forward if it's drew i'm okay if it's drew i'm okay uh if it's drew i am okay i think listen they've been he's been out what like seven weeks right and so i think there is um I would not be imminently concerned. And again, if you drafted Michael Thomas in the first round of your fantasy draft, what are you going to do? Bench him? I would not do that. Trade him for 70 cents on the dollar? I would not do that if Drew Brees is the quarterback. So I guess that's the best way to answer the question, okay? If Drew Brees is the quarterback, I would not make any rash moves. I would not sell him for whatever it would be, 60, 70, 80 cents on the dollar. However... If we're trying to eat W's, then, <laughs> then I think the situation does change. And then you got to give me more context about your team, the rest of your wide receivers, what the offers are, and all that other stuff. But no, I'd be comfortable to ride out if, in fact, Drew Brees is the starting quarterback. Kev, he was not, Drew Brees was not the only starting quarterback in the NFC South that went out during to, due to injury. Teddy Bridgewater left the game against the Tampa Bay Bucks with a knee injury, so we got to see results of MRIs and stuff like that on Teddy. You know I've been riding with Teddy two gloves. I've loved him all season long, so it would be a shame if he's banged out for real. But We really got to talk about Tampa Bay here because they had a bad game last week. Tom Brady had a bad game last week. He responds with 341 yards and three touchdowns. And then Ronald Jones goes off. We know he had 192 yards total, but he got 98 of them in one touchdown run. And you know what's interesting to me? You think of Ronald Jones as a between-the-tackles kind of back Well, no one chased them down after 98. Let me ask you, because I know we got the other side of the break. We could talk about Mm -hmm. this game, but zoom on out. You're down on Seattle, Kev. New Orleans now takes, we don't know about Drew, right? In the north, Green Bay got through, but they didn't look really uh, impressive doing so. Are you back now on Tampa? Like, my how these things kind of rotate over the course of two, three-week stretches, right? Um, Is Tampa back in a catbird seat in the NFC? I think the big thing for the Bucks was this game was tied at the half. We know all about the plane situation. They got in seven hours later than they yeah. were supposed to. So you could excuse it. And then they blew this team out. 
And that's what you kind of wanted to see from them. The, oh, pissed off Brady off a loss thing, very real in this game. Yeah, 341 yards, I'd say so. We'll come on back and talk more games when we are done with this commercial break. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody, right here to the early line, giving you the edge on sports grid. So much to discuss as we break down week 10 of the NFL season. But if you were with us last week, you know we were also all about the Masters down in Augusta, Georgia. And listen, Kev, we had rain delays. We had darkness. We had guys teeing off at like 6, 7 o'clock in the morning. We had guys in the final round teeing off on the back nine. And when all is said and done, Dustin Johnson is your Masters champion. I believe he set a new record going real low, minus 20 for the Masters. Two rounds of 65 in the first and the third round. We tip our cap to DJ, but I will say this also, Kev. If you finished in like the top 10, you did all right for yourself, okay? Think about it. Cam Champ and Sung J M who finished second. Look, they bring home over a million dollars. JT finishing in fourth, half a mil. Even guys that are technically in the top 10 cast your bets. They're coming home with a cool 300K. But mm. we've got to acknowledge Dustin Johnston, Johnson is your Masters champion. And it's funny to me, with all the pub about DeChambeau and Rom and Rory, DJ just kind of chugs right along. He is the number one player in the world, Kev. So here's the thing. Dustin Johnson is minus 20, an outrageous thing. He wins the tournament. Rory gets off to a miserable start. He actually yeah, outgolfed DJ back. from round one, finished top five. Rom finishes tied with Brooks Kepka. They both go top seven. Brooks left a lot out there. Justin yeah. Thomas finished fourth. These are all the top players. Green in the rises world. to the top. The, yeah. the one guy missing was Bryson DeChambeau. And I like Go Bryson. find your drive in the rough, bro. Like, relative. <laughs> that's nonsense, by the way. I'm not like a golf guy, so I'm not going to no, die on this rule, hill. Kev. That's the rule. I don't give a damn. To find the ball. We're at the Masters. Figure it out. You don't lose a ball in the rough. You, uh, what I, they should have done was gone to the TV cameras. That's yeah, what they should have done. You figure it out. You don't lose a ball in the rough. That's garbage, and that pissed me off, <laughs> and I think it did rattle him. But yeah. in in lack of defense, this guy walked to Augusta, said he, his par for the course was 67. His course wow. low was 69. His round low. Can't have that happen. I already can't wait for the 2021 Masters to see what he does. <laughs> can't say par 67 and have a low of 69. Will he be more conservative next time around, or will he try and run that head through the same damn wall? My money's on the ladder. Hour number two, more NFL when we come back here on the early line. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.